I played drums to Riders on the Storm this morning. Riders on the Storm. And it was fun to play to. I'm trying to think about the drums on that. It's like the... It's just kind of like jazzy. Yeah, but it's got some nice little breaks. It's like seven minutes long, yeah. so you can start. You know, when I play a, to a song like that, I don't. I'm not like, oh, I got to do this verbatim or else, you know, John Densmore will be pissed. You know, in yeah. those open spaces of three minutes when they're basically doing the same shit, you know, I'll jazz it up for my own entertainment, you know. Add those fills that we're missing. Yeah, a little, little <laughs> jazz. That's why it's practice. I'm, you know, trying to push myself a little bit and learn some new tricks. So what do you just put in some earbuds and like go for it? I do. Actually, I use my, you know, I... <laughs> I had a pretty awful experience where I, you know, one of my inner ear monitors was busted. And when I start cranking one side and the other one is busted, like I do start like, I just feel off balance. Like one side is kind of getting fucked up. So I started just using regular Apple earbuds and my kids like headphones that I had downstairs just randomly and put it over and right. I'm like, oh, this sounds pretty good. Like, I can't hear much outside. But of course, like, I'm like pressing my ears and these earbuds in there to a great point that I got this like weird cyst pocket behind my ear uh, that, oh, bro, when I tell you, uh, I was like, I was considering going to the hospital after I popped this because I'm like, uh, if that much just came out uh, of my head, like, do I need, do I need any of that? Do I need some of this? Did I lose too much? This is bad. So now oh, there we learned go. my lesson. Learn my are. lesson. I'm back to, I'm back to um, just inner ear monitors. Yeah, which you know, as long as they're nice and sealed. You know. So you had the earbuds in with headphones over them just to hold them on? No, to seal the noise. Because if you have oh, right, just right, 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 Apple right. earbuds in, the drums are too loud. Right, right. I got so, you, you know, if, yeah, if you don't have like noise canceling something. So that's why the inner ears are perfect um, now that they're fixed and I have a new pair. <laughs> so I'm back to that. But speaking of gross things, um, <laughs> before we got on, I, I've, I see a story about uh, uh, people studying dinosaur poop and how fossilized poop is actually teaching us so much about the dinosaurs and what they ate and how they lived. I know you grew up in a house with like dinosaur bones and stuff. Did you guys, <laughs> was there any fossilized dinosaur poop laying around? I know that it's a well studied. And in fact, my dad definitely had many joke fossilized poops. I don't know if he actually had any real fossilized poop. Wait, what do you mean joke poop? Joke fossilized poop. He would find a rock, you know, that it looked like that you could say was a poop. And he would. Oh, okay. Okay. He would save it. And, and, but, um, is this a joke? Like you and your father, you'd be walking around and he would find a rock and then say, (laughs) this is like, this is like rhinoceros poop. Or more like I might find the rock and be like, hey, dad, is this fossilized? poop it looks like yeah i need egg on sure yeah oh that's cute i think it is in more recent recently aged poo he always talked about how you know you could track species or tell what was in the area if you knew your poop and he was he wanted to write a book called feces of the species 
Right. <laughs> feces. Oh, my God. You shouldn't have even said that on air. That's too good. Someone else <laughs> okay. is going to take it. He's not going to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, and I guess the guy that that uh, the main dude in Jurassic Park was made after was actually a real archaeologist who who apparently had groundbreaking stuff on poop and how to investigate poop. <laughs> so that scene in Jurassic Park when he just jumps out and just goes like, you know, oh no, she she goes uh hand first into the poop. Well, never mind. This is uh, non sequitur. The first place that every archaeologist hits, no matter what era you're looking at, is the fucking outhouses. Oh because right. that's where all, everything gets thrown into when it breaks. So you know, like people might come through and then leave with their possessions, but anything that's like broken while oh. they're there goes into the outhouse. So is that right? So if you pit. were to study like a, a nomadic group of people that stayed somewhere for like one month, you would go immediately to their their leftovers. Let's their say poop pit. Yeah. Wow. That makes total sense, but just something I never thought about. Look at that. You learned something new. This is the upside to you having a scientist dad, you know? You learn new shit every day. I hope Tom listens to this, you know? I don't know if Tom's listening. You know, you wonder if guitar players listen to their drummer's podcast. I doubt it, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah, you might hear you might hear enough of him on the bus. Yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? You should hang on every word a drummer says. It's it's wisdom, you know. Remember, we hold a wisdom that you could not possibly possess. You know, <laughs> wisdom of the I spot. actually I had a question in this on like a let's talk shit about guitar players kind of segment of the podcast. <laughs> yeah. But why didn't you do I, that? but you know why I didn't? Cuz I'm like 10 minutes in this interview and I remember like how nice Joe is. Oh yeah. And how like that would not be a meaty segment because he would never he just wouldn't talk enough shit. It wouldn't, you yeah. know. I was like he'll be too nice about it. So I'm not even going to go down that line of questioning. <laughs> but that being said, Joe, one of the ultimate nice guys of nice guys. Always a pleasure to be around and talk to. Um, Great drummer. He's like one of those perfect, I put Joe in that school of great, like, um, you know, Zach Lynn, like Jimmy World and Menzingers, where like the drums just like drive the band in a lot of different ways. And he's like a very forward moving driver, you know, so like... um, just the way Joe plays like propels has always propelled this band and like really solid fucking really honestly rock solid kind of way. Um, and you know, you just watch them get better over the years. So it's, it's, uh, and you know, one of those people and bands we've had Menzingers on before. Yep. Easy group to root for. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I mean, even when you hear still after all these years, like, yeah, I think eight records and, you know, going to high school together and just like how they're still the way they collaborate, the way they share ideas and how obviously everybody feels heard and nobody feels put out. And it's this open thing like, man, yeah. I've I've said it before, but it's impressive. And it's <laughs> like it to be able to hold on to that takes it takes adults, you know what I mean? It takes like yeah. grown up people who can manage their emotions and who are um, cognizant of other people's emotions. It's like a whole soup recipe that's super hard to get. 
And yeah. it's I just want it to be noted when you find it. The Menzingers are one of the the greats of interband dynamics. Like I really think I don't know. Maybe we'll do the study, Brad. Who wants to give us a grant? There's a whole major there. Not just a class, but a major. Someone give us major, a grant. Major in Menzinger. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, Intro to Menzinger's Dynamics. Something like go. that. 101. I yeah. think we should have it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This was a great catch-up. Let's, let's start. Play the train, please. You know, it makes it seem like you're settling. No, no. <laughs> when, you tell Joe it's, when you tell Joe it's good. I would like you to go into a professional recording studio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm in Tulsa, so I don't, I, I'll, I'll, I'll do my best, but I don't I know. know what they... What they <laughs> Got any hookups there, Brad? I'm aware. <laughs> in Tulsa. Got any hookups in Tulsa for a podcast studio? I did book a recording studio for a podcast recently in Tulsa, believe it or not. Is that right? It's oh. an awesome. There's an awesome studio in Tulsa. <laughs> I thought I was just uh, hazing you with that question. No, it's called the that. church. You got it's receipts. A, it's, Good a for you. <laughs> it's a sick. There's a really sick studio called uh, the church. That, oh. Yeah, I would recommend to, if you want to go do some recording. Nice people. Well, if I knew you had these kinds of tentacles in the industry, I would have <laughs> tried to set something up beforehand. But we got to settle for... Uh, where are you, Joe? Are you in like a Marriott Bonvoy, a Super uh, 8? Yeah. What are you looking at right now? Yeah, I'm in, uh, well, it's actually a hotel called The Mayo. Ooh, um, what's this? That sounds I good. don't know, but it's super nice. <laughs> it's like, oh, um, you're in like a boutique hotel. Yeah. Kind of. I think it might be yes. like kind of a Marriott offshoot type situation. But yeah, it's downtown. It's a super old building. One of the we're Marriott, but we're not Marriott ones. Exactly. Like the Wi-Fi shows up as Marriott, I think. That's like what I'm on. But, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. otherwise there's no signs of of uh, of like the corporate aspect, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Is there like a ping pong table or a pool table in the main lounge? No. So I know what you're saying. It's not like that kind of uh, like new, like where you can rent a bike or something yeah, like right, in the lobby. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> Many leather-bound yeah, no. books that are never read, like those ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not sure if you're in a hostel or a, yeah. or a hotel kind of thing. No, it's 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 kind of like it looks like an old bank or something down there. You know, like those kind of old buildings that they cool. repurpose for like yeah. It's it's and cool. you're right it's downtown. Nice. 
Yeah, yeah. I literally got off the bus and walked into the room, so I don't really know where I am, but sure. it seems to be some kind of business district. It's yeah. seemingly downtown. Isn't that the yeah. best? Like that's now that I moved out to the forest, one of my upside favorite parts to touring is like waking up again in like a downtown where I can just like, you know, put some shit on and go grab some shit and walk around and just see what's around. Like, you know, totally. That's a fun part of it. Do you usually get out and about on your days off? I try to. Yeah. I know like, you know, some of the, some of the guys like the just hole up in the room kind of deal, but I, (laughs) I like to like do half of the day like that. And then I also like to kind of, my thing is always, coffee shops and then, um, bookshops. So that's like my, Ooh. my two things that I'll, I'll throw into maps and see what's around. So, so you're like a daytime adventurer. Yeah. I like, to, I like to go You out. prefer to get out during the day. What about like exactly. a dinner? Will you try to organize a dinner with some people or you're out on that? Yes. No, honestly, I am the one that usually tries you're to the organize dinner the guy. dinners. Okay. I'm, the din- I'm the one sending the text like, Hey guys, how's six o'clock sound? And then everybody's like, well, I eat at five or like, I oh, already, yeah. you know, it's, and then you end up eating with like one other person. <laughs> yeah. It's usually <laughs> me and, and, and Scott, our, our TM. Yeah. We're the, yeah. we're the dinner adventure guys. Yeah. 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 That happens to me a lot. Like you get the initial like eight interested. Mm-hmm. And by the time it's like, get cracking, we're getting an Uber. Everyone's like, totally. Oh, you know, like I had, I have laundry in or, you know, yep. um, I had Chipotle at three or something, you know? Yeah. I always have this in my mind of like all of us, like, like 10 of us at this like really cool, you know, brew pub and we're all hanging yeah. out and having Connecting. fun. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then fast forward to six o'clock and it's like, I guess we'll just go to whatever's closest. Yeah. Who would you rank out of the men zingers? Who would you rank like most likely to leave and most likely to not leave? Oh, like, like leave a dinner plan? No, leave a hotel room. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll, I'll give it to you straight here. I think, <laughs> I think Eric <laughs> is, is the not leave. Oh, okay. I usually don't see him. But he's um, a, nev- a never leave. Yeah. He's like, I'm here. I'm just like, we won't hear from him for the rest of the day. Kind what of do thing. you think? Um, what do you, th- what do you think he's up to in there? <laughs> if I had to guess, um, we have, have this joke that he, he loves like hotel TV. So like, you know, when you go to a hotel and it's <laughs> yeah. always like American pickers or like impractical right. jokers. Yes. <laughs> like yes. that's, yes. that's his vibe. So I just picture Maybe him some, like, yeah, yeah. Like laughing alone to impractical jokers with like, right. you know, peppering some in takeout. some like bar rescue. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, uh-huh. So, you know, to throw him under the bus a little, yeah, that, that would be him. <laughs> That's really Tom, not that bad. It, you're not like, no. you know, I think he's, <laughs> think he's holed up in there like blasting Adderall's and, you know, like <laughs> yeah. choking himself while he, you know, <laughs> watching like innocuous, Whoa. like, like shitty hotel TV. Like it's, it's not so bad. You're, you're yeah. good, Eric. You're good. Yeah. Tour life, man. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, it's wild. Um, yeah. And then, uh, I think Tom would be the next, like, okay, I'm going to go out and adventure. He's, yeah. he's the guy. Restless soul. You, he is. Yeah. He'll yeah. be like getting into some weird shit somewhere. Yeah. Sure. Sure. A mushroom adventure or something like exactly. that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, that's awesome. Well, what do you, uh, so after we're done with this, is that, is that the plan? Coffee shop and books? Yeah, I think so. I'm going to do a little bit of, uh, Google mapping and, you know, see what's around. Um, 
I, uh, I I think we are. I don't know. I feel like we're we're near some sort of like shopping area or something. You know, there's always that strip of like right, right, uh, whatever vintage or whatever Some. kind of stuff like that. Yeah. So that's, that's probably my vibe. Yeah. That sounds good. So you were in St. Louis last night, Dallas tomorrow. You're in yeah. the Midwest. You're in about the middle of a tour. Mm-hmm. How mm-hmm. you feel it? Like, like these days, you know, you've been at it a long time. How do you hold up like mentally, physically, like midway through a tour? Do you have like a, a, a barrage of drummer injuries like most of us or how, how you holding up? <laughs> I mean, I will say generally pretty good, honestly. I um Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, like I uh I I really I don't know, lately I've been very much like into, you know, it's funny that it takes so long sometimes, but just taking care of myself. <laughs> I know, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like all those yeah. years of just like beating the hell out of myself and and you yeah. know, I don't know. And you know, we thought I, I it was um, cool. Yeah, exactly. Like, (laughs) but it's like, you know, as you know, it's like you can only live that fast for so long. And so you have to like treat a tour as like, uh, uh, you know, I look at it as like a, a a four week, um, like workout or like training or something. I don't know, because like it's, it's thankfully I, I don't feel uh, physically like shitty or anything, but I do make it a point to like, okay, like maybe try not to eat uh, super late after a show or like right. if I do have the off day, like go to the hotel gym and, sure. you know, stretch it out. Like I have my whole stretch thing that I do. I don't know. Generally, I honestly feel pretty good. Um, yeah, we're like halfway in and I feel like I feel pretty fresh still. I'm feeling all right. What kind of like what kind of stretch thing are you talking about? Give me specifics. Like like what it, like what do you do on an off day and like what do you do, you know, hour or two like before a show? Yeah. So, um, usually in the morning I try to do, so, okay. So I have this app, it's called FitBod. It's great. Okay. Um, and it kind of like generates a workout for you and it has like stretches included and stuff. So it's honestly like, does it work? Yeah. It, it really does. Like it's really, it'll tell you like, Oh, this day your this muscle is like 88% recovered. So, you know, you, you should be all right to do something like this. It's it's like actually really sick. Yeah. So I just kind of follow that to be honest. So like any day, like whatever it tells me to do, I just kind of do it. And then before we play, usually about an hour before we play, I just start doing all kinds of like yoga stretches. Um, Mm -hmm. cause I do some yoga at home and yeah, that's like really been game changing. Like honestly, um, funny story too when we were on tour with uh descendants like a couple years ago which yeah. was so sick and Can't bill stevenson um he would come into our room every night and do his whole like yoga stretch routine with us that was like oh. 10 minutes long oh really yeah and he would oh, like yeah. show us all these things and that like really i always stretched before but then oh, that really dude. got me into like specific stuff that you know i was like Dude, this guy's still killing it. So I, you I'm gonna gotta grace me with this workout. <laughs> yeah. That's like, oh yeah, yeah. That's some like holy grail kind of stuff. I need to know. Is it yeah, like right? is it bad form if you give it to me or like do no, I have to no. try? Because I don't really know Bill. I've been I've yeah, met no. him a couple times and just been basically intimidated and didn't really talk very much. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same. Even after a full tour, I'm still just like, hey, man, how, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, no, I mean, really all it is is just like a, 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 you know, five or 10, I don't even know, like just stretches really. You know, it's not like a super um, rigorous uh, yeah, thing. Yeah. It's just like a bunch of 
stretches that he would show us. And, um, we still do them like every night. It's hilarious. We, we, yeah, he's like a, a wizard. Yeah. That's awesome. And especially like, you know, that's one of the great things about watching descendants these days is, you know, you, you sometimes expect a band who played songs like they played to sound different or like not be as fast or come off the same way after mm-hmm. what, you know, 40 years or something. <laughs> Dude, um, yeah. But like you see the descendants and you're like, you're like jumping up and down to those songs from the eighties, like with the same speed, the fills are perfect. So mm-hmm. This is like, this is one of those things that, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever he does. You know, I'll take the, I'll take the wisdom. I need it. Like I just yeah, recently yeah. found out, I was really happy to find this out. I always eat a banana before I go on stage. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's part of my new routine, a little potassium. I used to like, when I did a run of shows in like 18, I was like drinking iced coffee on stage. And I've now <laughs> found that to be counterproductive in a lot of ways, um, yeah. especially for the mind, the heart. Yeah. It, like, <laughs> like it does make the arms move fast, but everything else suffers. So You're just sweating, yeah. but not from the movement. Yeah, just from like, like just anxiety. Bad, just bad. <laughs> you know, and one person looks at you sideways and all of a sudden you're like, what? fucking kill you <laughs> well you don't like this song <laughs> you know like, not good. Yeah, yeah not good. dude i puked from drinking too much iced coffee once when on I was stage like, no when i was like 18 i used yeah, to like, really? wait tables and like with a hangover i'd just guzzle that stuff until i fucking puked whoa oh dude ice coffee yeah. puke gross like, like four <laughs> pints of iced coffee dude but were you drinking that much iced coffee because you had alcoholic beverages the night before? Did that add to yeah, the Yeah, but I puking? was 18. I just it was like, you know, yeah, I was just a You were probably tired. smoking cigs, <laughs> no, filterless because it was the late nah, 70s. No. Yeah. <laughs> Rips the filters and off. Just and just crazy. And rolled. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, no, no. But at, Unless it's smoking. But anyway, I bring up the banana thing because I mm-hmm. was like, I was, you know, trying to stay away from like just guzzling coffee to the end and stuff. So mm-hmm. banana's a nice little pick me up, you know, it's like sits well in the stomach and get, you know, so it's not weird. And then I found out that the Bruce Springsteen, you know, who's like well into his senior years and plays three hours shows, which is remarkable Insane. to me, eats a banana on like the way to stage. I'm wow, like, okay. yes. I'm like, nice. okay, I got like one of the ones, like I nailed it, nailed the audition. I was real happy about that. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to adopt that. I think that's great. They're yeah. like really good for cramps and stuff too. Like, you know, that's what yeah. I hear anyway. Good for the reflux. Yeah. 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 Dude. <laughs> all right. What, I'm in. This is just like the conversations we used to have when we first met, right? Like back oh, in yeah, yeah, yeah. Wilkes-Barre VFW or whatever. Yeah, they're like, hey, hey, man, you got a banana on you? I, I-, I know. <laughs> but if so, that's what I think. I'm like, I often say like, oh, I wish somebody told me, you know, about like what you're talking about, you know, taking care of yourself and the stretching. Like, I wish someone mm-hmm. told me that before. But what if we were hanging out and some dude our age now mm-hmm. came up to us and was like, fellas, like, really? you're in great bands and you might, you know, <laughs> still be playing in like 20 years. So you should yeah. probably do this and this. I'm like, get the Dude. fuck out of here, clown shoe. You know, Dude, I wouldn't have heard it. I wouldn't have heard it. So funny enough, I do have like a, a quick story that really um, ties in right now because I was, I, I remember I was in uh, Providence, Rhode Island 
Mm-hmm. We were playing a show and we were on tour with Hot Water Music. And yeah. um, it was my birthday. It was my 27th birthday. I remember this. So it was like 2013. And uh, I was backstage sitting on the couch next to George, Rebello, the drummer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he was about to go on stage. And he was putting like that, you know, what is it like Ben Gay or like the muscle cooling thing? <laughs> right, right. Like on his shoulder. Like freeze on or whatever. It's, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that. And me being like 27, like a little asshole, I was just like, <laughs> dude, what are, you, <laughs> what are you doing? And uh, he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I need it for my shoulder or my arm or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's, man, that's, that sucks. You know, I don't yeah. think I said that, but I was thinking it. And then he was like, how old are you? And I was like 27. And I think he said at the time he was 37, which is uh, how old I am now. Quite a and difference. he was like, yeah, he was like, yeah, you'll, you'll be, you'll be doing it one day. And thankfully not yet, but I could sure, see how it could help. Sure, it's yeah. coming. Yeah. And yeah, in yeah. typical understated George Rebella fashion, I imagine. Oh yeah. Like, yeah, you'll, you'll be there. Yeah. I, George Abella blew my mind when I first toured with him because I, I got to tour with him with the draft first. So oh, we were cool. playing, you know, quite small venues and stuff and doing like, you know, some real proper van touring together. And uh, I knew him, you know, I'd seen him a dozen times playing in hot water and I was a huge fan already. So I'm just kind of like watching him the whole time and kind of in this way of like, Oh, what does like George do before a show? You know, because whatever he mm-hmm. does, I should do. It's probably some crazy like jazz rudiments I've never seen, and like you know <laughs> things like this. Yeah. And I remember at a show in like um, somewhere in the Gulf in Florida, I want to say like Fort Myers or like something mm-hmm. like that. And we're playing like a bar, and it was the night of a a, a Red Sox playoff game, and George is a big Red Sox fan. He's at the bar wearing a leather jacket, drinking a beer with his headphones in, listening to the Red Sox game. And we play and, you know, like, and then it's like, it's really close to like when they're going to play and he's still kind of in that situation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, is he going to warm up? Like he must, cause these drum parts are like really hard, you know? And before sure. I know it, like, dude, he just like kind of, I think, grabbed a fresh beer, walked on stage, like basically took the leather jacket off and one earbud out and just like smoked the set. Yeah. <laughs> just yeah. like, and so effortlessly, you know, like where it looked easy. It's not like he was laboring up there. And at one point, even like between songs, pops the little earbud back in and like, I think check the score. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and like popped it out, and I'm like, "Whoa, gangster!" So he was yeah. like the opposite lesson to me, where like you also shouldn't get like too worked up, right? Like, mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I've had times where I've like overstretched and kind of like over gotten like anxious for a show when like uh you know a method like that might have been a little closer to better. <laughs> Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's like, it's, it's definitely a balance. It's like, you don't want to go too hard. I I always think like, okay, well I'll do this thing or that thing. Like, I don't know, uh, uh, jumping jacks or whatever the hell, you know, just something (laughs) to want, like, like get my heart rate up or something. But then I'm like, well, you know, you also do have to still play for like an hour and a half. So maybe you want to save a little bit of energy, you know, that's right. That's right. Something. Yeah. So my, my biggest thing now though, is I have to break this habit. Um, I've been in the habit of drinking uh, like a sugar-free Red Bull before we play. Okay. And I, 
I don't even know if it actually does anything. You know what I mean? It's just like one of those things where you're just like, is it like, is this even giving me anything? I've just been like doing it for so long. It's just become habitual. Yeah, it totally is. So I need like a different, I need a replacement for that. Hmm. I think like, I don't know. I'm not like a late coffee drinker. So I just need something to like. Would it be nice in that spot? Do you like like a, you like a nice cold, like flavored seltzer, like something like that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, that's probably, that's, that's probably good. Something with some, some bubbles. Yeah. Yeah. And you got nice tour managers now. I bet you could even be like, you you could have like a mandarin, a lime, and a lemon. Yeah. You could have like all three. <laughs> a just flight. set up. Yeah, a flight. <laughs> yeah. Of, of a seltzer, seltzer flight. That's where we're yeah. at now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Treat yourself. <laughs> yeah, why not, right? <laughs> it's better than fucking Red Bull. That's, that's oh, a, totally. Yeah, that's I, giving I, you a kidney stone it. or something. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm just like, <laughs> it's just become this thing. I got to I gotta shake it. <laughs> How long are Menzinger's sets these days? So... I think this tour, it's been about an hour 20. It always floats okay. between like the 115, like hour 15, hour and a half mark, just okay. give or take, you know? Um, yeah, it's somewhere in there. Do you gauge like like good shows, like shows that just feel good, you go longer and vice versa, or is it pretty set? It's pretty set. Like on an, on an occasion, like we don't usually throw songs in the middle of a set, but if we come off before the encore and we'll be like, wow, this show is insane. We'll maybe add like one or two to the, mm. to the encore. Okay. Um, we were in uh last tour we did over the summer. We were in um, Athens, Georgia at the 40 watt club, which was like, Oh yeah. So incredible. It's like I a legendary you... spot, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like REM and, you know, yeah. B-52s and no, all these bands like got their start. Yeah. I don't think I have played there. I know it of course from, you know, like history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it was, so it was a great yeah, spot. Such, huh? Great spot and, and such a fun show. And so we came off stage and we were like, dude, we, I like, we all felt like we could just kept, keep playing, you know, it was like, yeah, one of those things. just so had we, the juice. Totally. So we played, you know, the, the two, I think songs that we were going to play in the encore. And then we just threw in an Operation Ivy song and a Rancid song on top nice. of it, just because Which we were ones? there. Uh, knowledge and, um, oh my God, uh, Ruby Soho, is it? Yeah. yeah uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, and Sweet. yeah, I think, oh yeah, Ruby Soho, I always get confused. But yeah, so it was just like, those are like our two go-to covers that will just be like, if you know, if we come out with those, um, yeah, yeah, we're yeah. having like a really good time, yeah. <laughs> How long have you guys been playing those songs since like oh, back dude. in the day? Yeah, probably since me and Tom started like l- playing together, which is That's like awesome. you know when we were teenagers or something. So they're yeah, just like yeah. in the repertoire, like oh like, yeah, they're it's like, not like you just... got to practice it; like you're good to go. Yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, That's awesome. Um, and like when you're on stage these days, you know, as of course we're going to talk about a bunch because you know we are older now um i hate to frame everything i maybe i'm alienating younger people who attempt to listen to this podcast i'm not sure but like like you know back in the day i used to gauge a good show based on like oh we got like nine headwalkers you know like (laughs) like it was like it was pumped up the whole time and it was like one of those and you know I've I've found that a little bit of a misnomer to judge a show by these days cuz like mm-hmm. there are some great shows that are just a little more like low energy in that physical sense you know but they're still good shows like how do you gauge mm-hmm. a good show these days like has it changed for you as well like how you've had to kind of gauge it 
you know, honestly, I think it's kind of the same as it's always kind of been. Like we're we're such a I think collectively, especially for myself, but I think I can speak for everybody, it's it's a crowd energy thing. Mm. Um so a good show for us is when people are moving, singing, you know, not necessarily have to be crowd surfing, but it's a plus. Um <laughs> sure, sure. Encouraged. Uh, it's encouraged, yeah, yeah, yeah for yeah. sure. Um you know, but yeah, like honestly, I think that's it because for us, it's like we kind of make our set list in a way where there's not too many lulls. Like we'll yeah. play like one or two slower songs, but we sure, spread them sure. out. Um, so we try to keep the energy up. You know, I think that that's like what what we like to do on stage. Sure. Like we like to just keep it like at 10 the whole time. And I think that's what people like when they come see us. So yeah, yeah. Um, that's awesome. if we're at 10 or we're attempting to be at 10 and the crowd's at like, five, you know, that's going to, you know, we're, <laughs> right, we're right. going to feed off them. They're going to feed off us. So it's like, so for us, I think a good show really is if, if the energy's there. I mean, sure. That's not to say that like, does a five pull you guys down to eight? Yeah. I think that's <laughs> a good way to put it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like we're still like, okay, that was great. But I think we can always find the good and even of like course, maybe a calm, yeah. quiet sure. set. Um, we're always like, well, Hey, we, we played really well. We sounded tight, you know, like yeah, shit yeah. like that. Um, you guys are optimists. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. But honestly though, like it's a big change in vibe when the crowd is just like Sunday night, you know, crickets, uh, yeah, right, 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 <laughs> for right, us. Right. Like we, we just, uh-huh. we like, we're so used to, and we're, and we're very lucky to have like, uh, crowds like that, that are just like crazy energy the whole time. So sure. we're, we're spoiled. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, you also give it to, you know, it's like what you give is what you get. And if you're mm-hmm. committed to that high energy show, like you'll keep a high energy show forever, which is awesome, you know? Have you ever, yeah, yeah. I sometimes I like grimace watching like security handle like people coming over the top and stuff. Is that ever a problem for you? Do you ever just like be like, oh my God, please fucking catch him. Like. Um, it's kind of all over the place. More often than not, I'd say, honestly, not no bullshit. I think that security has been doing, at least in my recent memory anyway, a really good job of, of like catching people and being on top of shit. Um, but there are those times, like actually it was just, I want to say last night or the night before there was an instance, um, where, uh, like a, a smaller person was, was coming over the the crowd, like probably, you know, a teenager or something and just getting like tossed around. And they were all the security guards were on one side of the barricade, like catching some other kids. And then Tom had to like reach down into the barricade and tap a security guard on the shoulder and be like, yo dude, (laughs) right over there. God, Yeah. Yeah. Last second, you know, caught this kid. Um, so, you know, they're doing, they're like, it's complete damage control in there sometimes. So I can only imagine how, how crazy it is for, for the security guards to have to like be on top of this. Um, but there are times when I'll see somebody coming closer and closer to the barricade or crowd surfing or something. I'm like, oh shit. Like, I hope, you know, like yeah. I'll freeze up and like tense up for a second. Until yeah. I, like, like when one of the big boys is coming over or something. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and you see somebody go down really hard and like, yeah. I'll just stare until I see the head pop yeah. up and I'm like, all right, they're good. <laughs> so are you, are you like me? Like my wife teases me and she calls me the owl when Gaslight mm-hmm. plays because I can find her anywhere in the crowd. Are you yeah. this, are you the same way? Like, are you very like conscientious of the crowd and 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 like I, what's going on around you? Or are you in like in like the zone? No, no. I think the 
the the former. Um, I think like to a fault almost sometimes where I'm, yeah, I'm right. very much like I get very distracted by what's happening in the sure, crowd or because, sure. yeah, I, I mean, it's 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 almost like being at an airport, you know, it's like people watching and it's yeah, like fun. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> it's, it's like, you know, you see people like, oh, there's people over there like screaming, having fun. And then there's people over here that look like they're bored as hell. Like, why are they even in the front? <laughs> yeah, what are you that, doing up here? If they're yeah. that tired, yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so it's kind of all over the place. But honestly, like I, yeah, I get very distracted by by stuff going on around me. And um, most of the time it's it's awesome and it's like fun stuff to watch. And it's yeah, cool, like but good like, distraction, yeah. Exactly, exactly. But once in a while I'll be like, you know, yeah, you get taken. So my thing too is, um, I think this goes in line with what you're with what you're saying. Um, I get kind of um, I freeze up when on the sides of the stage there are friend or um, drummers that like I don't really know, but I like look up to. So like oh, I've always, yeah. and then I'm like. I get really distracted by that. So to be honest, like if like, if you're on the side of the stage or I always get this way with, um, Neil Hennessy, uh, Uh Lawrence arms, um, there's certain dudes who I'm like, Oh dude, I gotta like, I gotta bring it. You know, I would make you hyper sensitive. (laughs) Oh Oh, dude, totally. No way. Oh no. Yeah. I'd be on Um, the side being like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, love it. Yo, yeah. drive that shit, Joe. I'll, yeah, dude. dude. All right, I, no, next, it's, it's, next it's, time I watch you guys, I'm gonna make a sign. Yeah, to make sure <laughs> that you know I'm encouraging you, and I want you to breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. I I can't help it. You know, it's one of those things where I'm always like, you know, especially I think it's a thing with drummers where like we have such a a, a, a club. You know, like nobody really yeah, understands what it yeah, is to be yeah. a drummer unless you're a drummer. You know, it's true. So I'm, it's I'm always true. like, okay, I got to play. I got to play good for, for my guys. Well, yeah, because yeah. there's so few people like, like if you're to do something fun, you mm-hmm. know, like how many nights do you like rip something like kind of fun mm-hmm. that like just nobody notices, you know? You're like, well, it's oh, great. Yeah. I hope someone in the crowd picked up on that or something, you know? Oh my God. Totally. Usually yeah. if anything, it's like one of the guys, you know, in the van, like looking back to me, like, yeah, and they'll kind right. of give me like, oh, what the hell was that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, what was I that remember, thing that you just did? Yeah. I remember when we toured with, uh, when Derek Grant with, with the trio and, you know, of mm-hmm. course, like he knows I sweat his playing and he knows he's fucking awesome. And there would yeah. be times <laughs> in the set where he'd be like in the middle of a song. And he would just cross over into like, you know, playing 16s like lefty, you know, mm-hmm. or play open or something just to kind of be like, yo, what's up? You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't do that, can you? You know, but with yeah, a little dude. smirk. I was like, uh-huh. yeah. no, I can't. <laughs> yeah. It's true. <laughs> dude, yeah. Oh, my God, dude. It's all the time. That was like what I was saying about the Descendants tour. I mean, right. yeah. it's cool enough to look over and see like those guys watching you play. Sure. And then... But then you're like, oh my god, dude! Like this guy invented probably most of these beats that I'm playing right now. <laughs> so right. I'm like, I'm like, especially just very conscious and like maybe too aware of of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's tough, man. Well, speaking yeah. of making beats, like what what's like the songwriting process for the Menzingers these days? Like, are you all, you know, still getting in a room together and and working things out? Or are you demo demo sending like? What's the process of, you know, getting a getting a Menzingers record together these days? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, 
it's it's kind of fresh still because we just finished our last record um you know uh, writing wise anyway like earlier this year spring i guess right so um yeah and for this one especially we wrote it over probably the course of like over a year we were just you know with COVID stuff like post COVID and tours Mm -hmm. getting shuffled around. We had a lot of time at home to write. So, but it's still like, yeah, we have our practice space and, um, we still just go into the room and somebody will just bring something that they've been working on or a song will come completely just from a jam. Like we might just be nice. Me and Eric will just be like jamming on something. And then that'll kind of set like a foundation for a, for a groove or something. And then, um, but I mean, a lot of times too, Tom and Greg will just bring uh, choruses, vocals. I mean, sometimes even full skeletons of songs. Right. So, and then we kind of all fill in the gaps. But to be honest, it, it really is all over the place. It, it goes from being incredibly collaborative where like something will come from absolutely nothing with the four of us in the room, or it'll be like Tom or Greg being like, oh, I've been working on this thing at home for a while. Let's try to hash this out and yeah, make it a full right. song. So. Huh. Yeah. And the last record, actually, we, we wrote most of it, um, in our practice space, we have another little room that's basically just our, uh, like a control room, which is really cool. So we had our computer set up and we would just record everything that we did. And now, um, how close do you all live to the practice space? It's not far. It's in a different part of the city, yeah, but, yeah. um, probably like 15 minute drive. Oh, okay. So it's like, didn't that, do you like when you when you all are home and you have a record coming up, you know, do you have like, you know, oh Monday, Wednesday, Friday we meet, or or it's more, just mm-hmm. like we have stuff to work on, like let's get in there. Like, is how regimented are you are you guys? So when we have a, a long period of time at home, like for this record when we were writing it, we would we would do that. We would we would set up some kind of schedule. Like this week we're going to do Monday to Thursday, or this week we're going to like. I'll go all week till Friday if we really are trying to like get something done, you know, if we're in like a groove. Um, so we try to have like a schedule just because we don't really have schedules otherwise. <laughs> so it's really <laughs> right, good right, to like, right. we need some structure and it, uh-huh. it, it, you know, it keeps us accountable. And then, you know, everybody will go home that night and work on something or play with something. Um, this time we did a lot of out of the studio stuff too. So everything we did, we would put right into Logic and then we would go home and all of us would like edit our parts separately. And then the next day come and be like, oh, this is what I did. And then we'd listen to it and then play it. So we had this like crazy, like multi, uh, multimedia, like, uh, uh, system happening and Dropbox yeah. and all this kind of shit happening. So we were like really in a, in a groove for it. That's cool. Cause you know, it's like you're using since you're so close and you actually get to get in a room together, it's like you're using the tech, you know, more as like a tool than a crutch, you know, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. Like that you're mixing the two. It's probably the sweet spot, right? Yeah, it was awesome. And and honestly, for me, like I've always been so analog with everything. Mm -hmm. Like I've always Mm -hmm. just been like, just give me a real drum set and symbols and like <laughs> yeah that's just you know that's i never got into like making beats or like really like a lot of the digital aspects of recording or whatever but this kind of forced me to do that so um it was really cool to learn too you know so i i i thought it was it was super helpful helpful for me especially at breaking out of my box a little with that stuff that's awesome and speaking yeah. of, like out of the box i i remember talking to tom a little when you were in the studio and he was kind of describing 
where you guys were. And I was like, wait, what? Where the fuck did you guys go? <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So what was like, could you explain to me like where you went and how that came to be? And like, uh, I don't know what the vibe of that experience was like. Yeah, yeah. So we recorded um, at a spot called Sonic Ranch, which was in middle of the desert in Texas. It was, uh, we flew into El Paso and then you drive like 40 minutes outside of El Paso, literally to nothing. You know, there's just, there's a, there was a tiny town, maybe 10 minutes from the studio, but it was like, you'd have to go another half hour to really get to anywhere to like buy stuff. And wow. so we, you know, whatever, but Proper so out there. we were, yeah, we were out there. Um, it was right on the the Mexican border, which was really cool. So, wow. yeah, so Sonic Ranch is just this complex. Could you um, literally the like desert. see the Mexican border, like where you were staying? Uh, yeah. So there was. It, it's it's. I'm trying to paint this in the best way possible because it really is like just crazy, and it's it's kind of hard to explain. Give me like a movie because right now I'm in like No Country for Old Men. Is that correct? <laughs> I mean, yeah, pretty much. Okay. Yeah, okay. That, that really is kind of the vibe. You're <laughs> like, there will be blood, No Country yeah, for yeah. Old Men vibe. Yeah. Okay. Which I think may have been filmed in the same place, actually. Okay. Uh, yeah, like West Texas. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, look in any direction and you just see Horizon, you know, it's and it's, potentially Josh Brolin. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. And right. potentially some, some gun, <laughs> gunslingers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, wow. but dude, it was, it was wild. So yeah. Right. And what's from, the complex? Uh, like, uh, is it like, like a house or like, like apartments? Yeah. So, so, okay. So there's, um, there's about, I think I want to say four or five studios all ranging in sizes that are spread out throughout the complex. So you, there are some studios where you, you, you can drive from place to place. That's how big this, this wow. whole complex is. Um, and tell and me then, you're on quads or something cool. We did have dirt bikes the last day. <laughs> uh, and we had like, they were like little mini bikes, but we yeah. got to just ride them all around the ranch. And it was like Hell, one of the yeah. coolest days ever. <laughs> um, so you have like our studio had, uh, like a ranch house right next to it. And that's where we stayed. So there was, um, Everybody had their own bedroom. There was a kitchen, all this stuff. They had staff at the at the studio that would come in and like make your bed every day. Oh wow! And like, yeah, they were, but it but it was very um, like home homey feeling. You mm -hmm. know, it wasn't mm -hmm. like it wasn't like this uh, you know lavish hotel experience. It was like very like it was very legit like ranch living. I guess I don't wow. know. Uh, and so then you'd go every day to the main house, which was next to the main studio, which was a drive probably a mile away. And you, um, they would have food for you all day, breakfast, lunch, dinner. You just go into this kitchen, like in a house and all the bands that were recording at the place would all like eat together. So there was all these little oh, dining rooms. Wow. And so, you know, you'd get to be talking to like some, I don't know, we were talking to some band from Nashville. I don't know. They were some like singer songwriter, uh, backing band and like all this crazy shit is just mm. happening. And then, then, you know, you'd go back to your studio and work. Um, but how many yeah, studios was, are in that complex? I, I want to say like five, maybe. Wow. That's so, yeah. so interesting. And they're all in their own buildings. Um, we were in this amazing, um, studio that was kind of new. So it was like one of the newer buildings on the, on the property and it was called big blue. And, um, just like beautiful. Like I, I just can't, it, it's so hard to explain, but I mean, it's just like being like, there's no distractions, you know, you're just out there and you're just focused. Hmm. Um, 
And it was, it was really like really special thing. I, I would love to go back and record again there. It was just amazing. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. How did you find out about this place? Like, did the person you were working with, like, specifically want to go there? Like, how did that come to be? Yeah, so um, that, uh, and then also we had we had heard about it, um, and uh, we knew some people who had recorded there in the past, and they were like, oh, dude, it's like the dream place to record. You know, it's it's so awesome. And, and then, uh, so we had heard about it. We had, you know, heard certain things, but um, Brad Cook, the dude we recorded with, right. he does a lot of his records there. Okay. So um, he kind of suggested, he was like, this would be amazing if we could all go down there. And uh, so he's from North Carolina. So we, we um, all flew down there and, and, you know, met him and, and his uh, engineer and stuff. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, I think mainly on him, you know, to be like, hey, like suggesting it. Sure, anyway. sure. Um, yeah. Cause he, he goes down there like a few times a year and does records. Is that so where like War speaking. on Drugs did their records or like, I know he worked I, I with them, right? I think they did. Yeah. 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 I think they did. And then, um, Waxahachie, yeah, um, right, right. has done some stuff there. Uh, Bon Iver, Um, if you're listening, babe, I've been trying to get in touch with Katie Crutchfield for a long time to come on the going off track. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know any other Avenue besides for being creepy. So I haven't done it. <laughs> so if for some reason Katie's listening to this, let's, let's come on. I want to have a chat. We haven't seen each other since, uh, since the dirty old days, like, uh, yeah, clubs, yeah. you know, house anyway, shows and stuff. Yeah, either, exactly. Yeah. It'd be fun. Yeah. To yeah. Chat. Let's make it happen. All right. Anyway, or, or, sidebar, <laughs> you know, anyway, so that sounds like a crazy experience. Do you think it like, how did that, you know, 
you know, lend itself to like the sound of the record or just like your vibe? You know, were you super relaxed? Were you guys in a different kind of headspace as a result? Did anyone like start fucking doing some cool drugs at night or like riding horses? Like, <laughs> like what was going on? <laughs> uh, yeah, all of the above. Um, yes. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, to, to be honest with you, man, like, yeah, it was absolutely incredible because I, I can only compare it to being in bigger cities for recording. And especially like, you know, we had some ideas on the table to like record in LA and, right. you know, be right in the middle of it. And to me, that just sounded miserable. Like I, I don't, yeah, like, there's too much just mm-hmm. going on. Like how can you stay focused and stay in a creative headspace when there's that much happening, you know, yeah, at least for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, being on the ranch was, was absolutely like you could, I think you could see it or hear it in, in, the finished product. I mean, it really was just so relaxed. Like we, the days were just super long, but just not, not that like grueling studio, um, feeling you usually get where you're just like, you have, you know, it just feels like you have all this weight on you to like, uh, drill this stuff in, you know, you're on a time crunch. So it was, it was absolutely the complete opposite of that. Everything was just so relaxed. Um, you know, you'd walk out of the studio to get some air. We had the door open the whole time and you're just looking out at the desert and you're just like, just the breeze coming in from the desert. And, you know, it's just like, there was nothing around and and feeling that kind of space around you. I think really, I I know that it just, it, it, it gave it this focus that I've never I don't think I've ever had before going into the studio, you know, like it it really just put everything else away and you were just there and you were in it and it was completely relaxing. Yeah. How many days total was it? I think so. We were there for two weeks, I believe. Yeah. Right. Nice. Cause we had done some pre pro. Did you mix there too? Um, no, no, that happened. That happened later. Um, so yeah, we, we did some pre-production, um, in North Carolina before that, a couple months before the record and hashed some stuff out with, with Brad. And, uh, and then, so when we got to the studio, we were kind of just ready to go. Um, we, we still worked on stuff there and, and, and hashed things out, but we had the, the bulk of what we were going to lay down, um, pretty much set. No one can afford to mix in the studio anymore. I mean, Jesus, who's paying for that? I don't want to pay to sit there. For five days, um, dude, I, w- I would have stayed there for another week. That no, I mean, I would me, definitely yeah. do it. I would just like, I would just be in pain paying for it the whole time. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> was was the experience ever uh, on the reverse, like slightly terrifying? Like at night, like like how dark is it? Did you hear uh, coyotes or rattlesnakes? Like, was there anything funky with the border? Like, are there? Is that shit patrolled and stuff like that? Like I've never even been around that. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it, it was actually. So during wow. the day, you'd see um, border patrol pickups just cruising through um, right past the studio door, and they would just no be kind of looking around. And yeah, so, so even though would, it's private property right there, like they're allowed to just like cut right through. Yeah, apparently, apparently, yeah, because they were there. Mm-hmm. Um, we were so we were probably a mile from the border. I mean, this is another idea of how large this property is. And the day that we had those bikes, we rode them down to the border and you really just get there and it's this huge ominous wall. Um, and it was creepy, like creepy to see that and wow. very weird in a lot Sounds of ways, kind of like surreal. dystopian kind of. 
oh my God, yeah. Seeing like a huge like metal wall in the middle of a desert, like that just goes for miles. It was, yeah, it was really strange. So Um, you see the wall, but like end to end, you can't see any like end to it anywhere. I don't remember being able to. Yeah, yeah. Thankfully, you couldn't see the wall from where we were. You had to kind of go far down this road to get to it. So like, I don't, I don't, I think it probably would have ruined the vibe if we could like see this wall the whole time we were there. uh Um, But yeah, and then at night we would have like fires out and it was, me and Tom would go out at night and take pictures and Tom especially super into that. So he was like taking pictures of the stars and stuff. I mean, it was like, the stars were just incredible. I mean, there was nothing around, super quiet. Um, Like no light pollution, just like, it's so it's just like end to end stars probably, right? Totally, yeah. And it was so it was just beautiful at night. Like you would just sit out there and I mean, it was like, I, I, it's another thing. It's just so hard to explain. It was just so, yeah, so relaxing and thankfully no scares with any animals, but I'm, I I have heard that, you know, you could hear like coyotes and stuff. And apparently they have these huge like flies that like chase you there. They were explaining it to us this one night. (laughs) Apparently there are these like huge, like dragonfly looking things that are like the size of birds and Uh they'll like, they'll like just, come up on you <laughs> like yeah it was explained to us in this way that we totally thought we were just getting fucked with like we didn't think this shit was right, real but right. apparently it's like a real thing and I'll, i can't remember the name unfortunately but yeah oh. so there's some weird shit out there so you're just sure, supposed but. to like cruise around and now you like a tennis racket like just in case. <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah 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 wow that's intense did you yeah. get into like any uh you do some mushrooms or some ayahuasca or something like that uh, I did. Uh, yeah, I did some, some mushrooms. Yeah. We, there was a, a lot of opportunities to just kind of smoke a lot of weed or something. And, sure. you know, I don't, I don't drink, um, anymore. So like, but yeah, so that was, that was fun. Uh, one night. Did you have any, like any funky experiences with like the desert and the stars and that, like, did anything come together for you there? So that's a um, kind of not- nice, nice, uh, Nice setup, let's say. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, it is like the dream scenario for right. like that kind of shit. Um, other than just the the overall vibe of of being there and that kind of um, headspace, like nothing, you know, nothing too right. crazy. You but, didn't like but, access yeah. the third eye or anything. No, no, nothing <laughs> like that intense. But I mean, you know, being out there and you know having taken a, one night, we were we were out and me and Tom just found this like all this like scrap shit in this pile. So we were like, Tom had these crazy lights and he was like putting lights underneath these things and taking these crazy pictures. And we had just taken mushrooms. So like, it was like a playground of just like all this shit. And we were, I mean, just stuff like that. We were, you know, it feels like being a kid. You're just like running around, like playing with trash, (laughs) which is essentially (laughs) what we were doing, which is way more interesting when you're on mushrooms. Sure. Sure. Well, it should probably be that interesting all the time. You just see it a different way. I like it. I like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what a what a cool experience. You can hear it in the record too. I mean, like, you know, I really I of course listened to it when it came out and I gave it another spin today just to brush up and you can really hear kind of some some boundaries and I feel like with you guys it's maybe more like almost like letting go. It seems like you're truer to your influences now than maybe you were in the past. And I I dare to say this, and please don't take it as an insult. I feel like you've embraced the 90s a little bit more because you guys love it. And it sounds like it, and it sounds kind of awesome. 
And I hope, hell, hell I hope yeah. you take that as a compliment. Um, it, oh, absolutely. Is yeah. my, is my, <laughs> is that an accurate, like feeling of what was going on there? Like songwriting wise? Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, it, it, it really felt like Brad understood us in a way that he, he's just this incredibly, um, I'm trying to think of the word, just very perceptive kind of person. And he, he really could pick up on little things that we would be holding back on or, mm. you know, and he would be like, no, 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 like do that. You know, if that, if that was your first thought, then run with it, you know? Oh, and it was yeah. really the whole, the whole like mantra of like the whole thing was really like every time, for example, we'd play a riff. And then somebody in the room would be like, oh, dude, that sounds like the replacements. Like, that's so sick. Brad would be like, no, it doesn't. That sounds like, that sounds like Tom May from the Menzingers, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, fuck yeah. yeah, um, yeah. And uh-huh. really drilled that in. Or I'd be like, yo, I just did this crazy fill. It was like this killer's fill. And he was like, no, that was a drill fill, you know? Like, yes. just shit like that. And yeah. really, really helped us strip away um, all of that stuff. And, and, you know, keeping the influences there, of course, but like sure. not relying on something to like sound like somebody else, like just yeah. trying to strip it down to what we would do. I remember one, one of the takes, Greg was in the, um, the control or he was in the vocal booth and he was singing something and I was sitting at the control thing with, with Brad and Greg kind of did this thing. That's very Greg. It's kind of like a raspy yell thing. Yeah. That, uh-huh. You know, I noticed and in the that past, actually. Yeah. I noticed that. Yeah. He's pushing it like a little, a little harder with the screams. Yeah. Totally. And that's something that he always used to do and he kind of lost right. it and kind of, you know, like kind of like, uh, you know, grew with his voice to be able sure. to like kind of sing whatever. But, um, he looked at me, Brad was like, is that something that Greg does? Like, is that like a thing like he would do live or like whatever? And I was like, yeah, dude, actually, you know, he, he, he's always had that kind of raspiness to it. So he would, then he would like hit the button and the talk back and be like, yeah, Greg, let's hear more, like more screams, you know, like, like get, like get crazy with like get more, you know, um, just shit like that, man. Yeah. There was a, a part where there was a, this is, this is, Tuning my own horn a little, but uh, <laughs> please. This is a drummer um, forum. You hear how that's what I'm you saying. You hear how man. quiet Brad's being. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guitar Brad doesn't. You know, get out of here. Yeah, it's drummer oh, yeah. forum. Um, Talk about the beats. Yeah, totally. Well, it wasn't even that though. That's what was so cool about oh. this was that. Um, so there was a one part of a song where uh, we needed like this this high kind of harmony for the chorus, and um, I don't know if those guys tried and couldn't hit it, or maybe they were just like. They just hadn't tried, but whatever the situation was, we were all sitting there. And then he, Brad looked at me and he was like, Joe, have you ever sang? And I was like, no, like in the shower, you know, or like <laughs> backstage when I'm singing like some weird shit. But uh, he was like, why don't you try this harmony? And I was like, dude, uh, I was so nervous. Like, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. so he gave me the microphone and just did it like right there in, in the room. Oh, like not really? Even not booth. even like in a booth? No, yeah, just right in front of everybody. Oh, that's and, exposing. <laughs> yeah, these are guys I've known since I was like in high school yeah. and I was so nervous to do it. And um, But I did it. And then after like the first take, like his engineer was just like, yeah, that was like, that was perfect. Like we got it or whatever. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like I, I don't sing. Like, Look at what the that. Hell? Um, so out was, of nowhere, you got high harmonies in your pocket, baby. I, apparently, what? yeah. And and. And that was, I mean, I can't describe like how good of a feeling that is when yeah. you're just, I mean, that's, you know, it was really breaking out of, out of my comfort zone. So that was something he was just 
him being able to pull that kind of stuff out yeah. of us um, oh, cool. and really reaching in deep and, and extracting that, like that stuff that we've maybe sometimes lost, like, you know, you lose over the years or you sure. forget how to do. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. So it was, I mean, he was just incredible with that. That sounds really cool. Really nurturing. I like it. Totally. Yeah. That's awesome. There's something I, of course, you know, a uniquely, uh, you know, the manager of your group is an old friend of mine. So I get to mm-hmm. poke around and ask questions about your band before I interview you. Um, mm-hmm. He was telling me, and I'm very interested in about this uh, now Italian American dual citizenship that you've achieved. <laughs> yeah, well, that's cool that he mentioned that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh wow, how interesting. Like, so, <laughs> like, where did that stem from? Like, how did you find out that it was even possible? And and what was that process like? Dude, it was a process for sure. So yeah. I started back in um, 2018. Um, I had found out, I have a lot of cousins, let's say, let's start that okay. out there. I have a lot of cousins that were born in Italy. Like ha- most of my dad's side of the family, even people in my like generation were, oh, wow. were born there. Yeah. So, so you, they like, grew already, up with, you grew up with like a bunch of people like born in Italy. Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah. My grandfather and then everybody on that side of the family, always speaking Italian when I was a kid, you know, so it was like this, you know, it's always been with me. Um, And then I started to slowly just wonder, I was like, I wonder what the process would be like. And I just from, from family members and cousins, they already have their passports from when they were kids and they go over there all the time. And I was like, I should look into this. So I did. And it turned out, um, because my grandfather was born there, I was able to to do it. Um, so that's what. So, it, so that's the requirement, essentially, that like one grandparent was born there. Yeah. So it, it's kind of messed up in the way that if it's your paternal side, it can go back as far as you need. Great grandfather, great yeah, grandmother, yeah, whatever yeah. it is, it can keep going. On your maternal side, unfortunately, if you have a relative, it has to be. It's like up to a certain generation, and then it cuts off. Oh, weird. Um, which is strange. Yeah, it just is like the opposite weird, too, because it's like. I mean, let's be real. You never know who the father is, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, totally. That's that a backward strategy there. Yeah. But yeah. Moving yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it, but it's crazy, dude. Like, I mean, it was, it was such a process. I had to, like, I had to get all birth certificates and all these records from Italy, from where my grandfather was born, this small village. So, oh, wow. I had to get this lawyer from that area to get like his birth records. And then I had to get them translated. Oh. And this was all sent to me like over months. I mean, it's just a, such a spanning process. So you had to use like a shit. third party person. What was that village mm-hmm. called? Um, Fronty. Okay. What part Fronty, of Italy is it? So it's Fronty, Nicastro, Catanzaro, Calabria, wow. Italy. <laughs> so okay. it's like tiny village tiny state, whatever you want to call it there. And then, uh, region. And then like, yeah, it's like, so it's, it's in the South. It's like super, super South Okay, in Calabria. Cool. So, um, yeah, so I started and then a good, uh, a friend of mine, his name's, uh, Joe Morrow, Morrow, I should know how to say his name, but he is, um, he's a dude that used to play in early November and he, uh, he now like manages bands and stuff and he had done the same thing. So years ago when I first started this process, I met up with him for coffee and he helped me so much. Um, He brought his whole portfolio with him of all of his records and all these things he needed and kind of walked me through a little bit of the process. So he was a huge help. Um, And then, so it was just years of 
submitting paperwork, getting things translated. Um, and then you have to meet, you have to schedule a meeting at the consulate. And luckily Philadelphia has an Italian consulate. So oh, yeah, cool. I had like a couple interviews there where you submit all your paperwork and then they make sure you're eligible and all this stuff is good and you have all your paperwork and then they send all that shit to Italy. Sure. And then it takes another year for it to get back. Wow. And then just this, um, what was it? September, October, I went for my final, um, my final consulate, uh, visit. And, and who are you meeting with there? Like who are, what are the, what are the people like there? Are they like, fr- are they Italian people working at an American consulate? Like, how's that? Yeah. Yeah. They're like Italian, uh, Italian citizens and they're working there and they, you know, they, it's basically like a window that you would go to at like, uh, um, like a, a driver center or something. You oh, know what okay. I mean? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I kind of had this picture, like it was going to be this like big lavish, like, you know, like espresso machines. I mean, or from where like. I grew up, I thought there'd be two stone lions as you enter. Yeah, you yeah exactly. <laughs> Perhaps the a building fountain. itself. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, the building itself is beautiful, but then when you get to the actual office, it's, right, it's just right. a very sterile, yeah, like bullshit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you go up to the window and you submit all your stuff, and they talk you. They're super nice and they're super encouraging and helpful. And um, yeah, I had my last. The, my last thing was the passport thing, so I got all my stuff submitted. I've got my passport photos and all this stuff. And I submitted it and I thought, you know, I'd give it to them and then it would take another six months for them to actually send me the passport. Like when you uh, apply for a, oh, a passport right. yeah, for sure, the U S sure. or whatever. To actually get it. So I, exactly. Yeah. So I got there and I submitted all my stuff and the lady at the window was like, okay, have, have a seat. Um, we're, we're just going to submit all this and then we'll call you back up. And I was like, oh, okay. And then they call me back up to the window five minutes later and just handed me the passport. Oh, and what a I was surprise. like, what a nice surprise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She literally slid it through the window and said, okay, ciao. That's <laughs> it. Like, yeah. After all that. I was, yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, wait, 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 wait. I was like, I don't have to do anything else. Yeah. Is and, this real? Like how many years yeah. of work was it? And then she goes, okay, <laughs> ciao. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. most anticlimactic thing. And then, but then I just had this Italian passport in wow. my hand and I was just like, man. So yeah, man, it was a crazy process, but I, I found out a lot about family and, sure. and you know, found out all these cool records of stuff. It was like detective work. Yeah. Did you find anything cool about like what kind of like business your family was in or like any kind of cool family history stuff? Um, nothing too crazy that I hadn't already known, you know, but, but mainly it was just about like the sizes of the towns and stuff like the size town, like Uh, that my grandfather was from, like, I had no idea it was like this, this tiny place, you know? Um, so yeah, stuff like that. And then years, you know, like years of when he came over that I wasn't sure about. Um, and they actually, at one point of it, I had to file a, a freedom of information, freedom of information act through the U S oh, like for request. his, yeah. yeah, for his, um, his like citizenship documents basically. Huh. Um, and they sent me a CD ROM <laughs> of, <laughs> Uh, and I was like, what the hell am I supposed oh, to do with man. this? You know? Yeah. Apple, Apple should really buy the government. Shouldn't they? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I had to buy this like external drive to plug into my computer to, to, to load it. Right. And I got these documents off of it and it was crazy. It was like a, a, a drawn picture of my grandfather from like 1959 when really? he came over here. Yeah. It was like this black and white drawn thing that they must've oh. done there when he came over. Wow. So they actually sketched someone instead of attempting like take a photo in that moment. Yeah, because there was no photo. There was no um, f- 
like actual photographs of him from that time. It was just this sketch. And then all of his information like photocopied on this thing, like from, uh, from like New York where he came over and yeah, it's crazy. Was the sketch fairly accurate? To the way he looked. Yeah, it was actually. Oh, yeah, it was actually pretty cool. Like, I mean, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, he was probably what thirty something at the time. Sure. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was it was really cool to see. I actually still have it like saved on my computer. It was really sick. I love that. Well, what a cool process. Um, so, what does it mean now? Like when you go to Europe with with the band, do you get to pass through things easier than than all the guys? You can start like give them the finger through border checks in Europe and (laughs) and going to get a coffee and they're fucked. Yeah, uh, essentially, Say yeah. Yes. Like I get to go. Yes, yes yeah, yes. yeah. No, I like you know when you land and it's like EU residents exactly, here, and then yeah. you know it's all what Ian Perkins has been doing uh, to Gaslight for for about a decade. When Ian's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I'll see you on the other side, okay. Yeah, you guys want coffee? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So I get to I get to walk into the EU because that's the cool part about it is that with it, um, I get. Uh, uh, access to the whole eu so right. it's it's yeah. any any country within yeah. so yeah i can so you're I can now just, technically like well, an eu citizen as a result yeah yeah which is i mean it's crazy enough to have the citizenship to one country but to have it open up all those all those doors too yeah it's it's insane yeah. I, I feel like i still haven't like processed it it's so cool yeah, like yeah. I, I just it just kind of happened so yeah i wonder i i don't know if have you looked into like what this does to you paying taxes over there when you guys play yeah. So as far as the the band or whatever, I don't think that it really will change much, but I do know that if you plan on doing anything, like say I would, uh, wanted to go there and spend any sort of time, um, that is something I think I would have to do. Like I would have to pay taxes to live there, whatever. Um, but I haven't looked too much into that yet because I don't plan on doing that anytime too soon. But when I do, I'll have to kind of, I don't know, I'll have to figure that out because I don't yeah. want to go to Italian jail. <laughs> no. Does it, does it give you any more like, do you feel like more like personal independence now to be like more Italian? Like, would you rock like a different kind of clothes now more comfortably or like, or be like just backstage cutting up like some hard salami being like, what? Like, <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, I feel like that's always just been like, I've always just unfortunately had that like um, uh, stereotype from people anyway that like if anything it makes me want to do it less because okay. I'm just like because then they're like oh like wow yeah right because uh, you're already like flying the flag whether you like it or not exactly yeah yeah, yeah. but it, it is um, yeah we'll see I mean if I go that I, I, I mean, I'll go probably go there for a year and live and then come back and look like you know. Maybe I'll look like a different person, really adapt the the fashion over there or something. Same. Yeah. You I mean, you walk around some of those cities in Italy. I mean, men are looking great. It, totally. You know, yeah. so it's, we, we could take some cues from those boys. Like those are some yeah, right? nice looking fellas. Like totally, yeah. Uh, I'm like, you're just on the street here. Why do you need pants that look so nice on you? You know, you're making me look like <laughs> yeah, right? shit out here. Like, yeah. You know, and I finally uh, a while back, stop smoking, but apparently I'm going to have to probably start doing that oh, again. Oh, yeah. And rolling. You know, You're going to have to roll. Yeah, down. rolling. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it just goes. It's just no an more accessory. drip coffee for you. No more drip coffee. Oh, no. Only espresso. Like, get this. Yeah. yeah. Get this swell what out of my face. Piss? Yeah. <laughs> In like a year, the, the guys are going to stop at Dunkin' Donuts and you're just going to sit, like, be like, nah, I'm good. 
Yeah, no, I don't. I don't drink American coffee anymore. Sorry, guys. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's awesome. What a cool yeah. process. Yeah, yeah, it really was. So, I also was told by Phil that you are a Philly Union obsessed fan. Yeah, uh, very true. Emotionally invested. You go to a lot of yeah. games. Like uh, you, season ticket holder. I'm not a season ticket holder. I would like to be. We're just gone so much that yeah. it's, it would be hard to commit. Um, yeah. But I do try to go to as many games as I can while we're home. Yeah, yeah. I have um, a couple friends uh, who are super into it too. So it's it's cool to like, you know, if I'm home, try to get people together. And yeah, the games are so much fun. Um, it's a little bit outside the city in Philly. Yeah, um, where is it by where like uh, by the other stadiums are or is it set aside? No, unfortunately, it's it's in Chester, um, oh, away really? from yeah, from everything. Yeah. yeah, so it's a little bit past the airport. If you're mm-hmm. familiar with Philly, um, not super far, but you know, totally manageable. Um, but yeah, man, like about I don't know, maybe ten years ago, I have this really good friend who just started bringing me to games, and that was it. Like I went to a couple games and was just like completely hooked. And I, I, I honestly um, would say to anybody that was curious like you go to one or two soccer games and that's usually it you're just in it's just so much fun and it's so much more um personal feeling than like say if you go to eighty thousand capacity yeah. football or game or something Eagles you know game or something yeah exactly yeah which are totally fun but it's a it's a whole different thing it's it's yeah. way more communal and yeah, less shitty i'm sure too yeah the fans are way nicer <laughs> <laughs> way more respectful um, have you tied in like the Menzingers thing? Like, have you got like gotten anyone at the organization to care that you're going to games? Like, big Philly band. There's got uh, there's got to be yeah, some yeah, yeah. Uh, Machiavellian. Let's go back to this, huh, Brad? Um, <laughs> like, like, have you have you gotten some 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 hookups, nepotism? A, a little bit, yeah. Throughout the years, so we. I've always been very vocal, like on it with like social media stuff. So I like post like that I'm at games sometimes. And once in a while, you know, somebody would get back to you and say like, oh, hey, you know, like they would like repost something from the team and I'd be like, hell yeah, you know, it's so sick. And then a while back, we actually met with the team to potentially do a song for them. Oh, really? Um, Like the Philly Union song? Yeah. Like, or like, you know, not like it was in very early stages and we were just like, how can we incorporate something? So we met with some marketing people there. Ultimately it didn't go anywhere. And then those people that we met with eventually left the team. So oh, then okay. your, your in is kind of gone. Sure. Um, so that was, but it was super exciting. You know, they gave us like a tour of the place. We went there once and it nice. was, yeah, it was, it was really cool. And then through over the years, I've had a couple other friends that have worked for the team that I met through, you know, people being fans of the band or, you know, and just like a mutual thing. And so kind of got brought in in some ways with that. Um, and uh, yeah, so there, there's been some perks with it. Um, I try not to go, go like too hard because <laughs> I just, just not my nature to like do that, I guess. But, uh, but it's, I, I like to just go and there was, so here's an example. So there was an instance where like I went to a game and I was in like a, a box thing and it was really cool. And I was with a bunch of other people in bands and it was like this whole thing that they had. It was like friends of the union and influencers and all this stuff. And I was like, the only one sitting there in the box just focused on the game and everybody else is kind of like 
bullshitting and networking and right. drinking and yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, and there. I was like, uh-huh. right. Yeah. And it's like, honestly, man, I totally much rather just be in uh, the seat watching the game yes. than doing any of this shit. Dude, that <laughs> as, was, as kind yeah. of silly as it sounds. Uh, I empathize. You know, I, this is the first year I didn't renew my net season tickets, but I had season tickets for the Brooklyn Nets from when they moved to Brooklyn until this season. And like, sometimes I'd bring, I'd be like, Oh, you want to hit a game with me? You know? And the same thing, someone's just like looking to catch up, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, you see out here, I'm like, it's the middle of the fourth quarter. You see what's going on (laughs) out here? Like, you know, like, uh, I know this is, Nice catch up moment for you, but uh Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like can we can we focus in here? You're wasting the dollar amount. Like every time you talk to me, you're wasting like two fifty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the yeah, ticket I like, just gave you, you know? Like <laughs> you better drink that whole beer. Yeah, like well, come on. It's like the Super Bowl party, you know, where you actually care about the game. Yes. Meanwhile, your wife has invited twelve of her friends over. Oh, <laughs> yeah, we're going yeah. there. Brad, easy. <laughs> easy. You're gonna sleep um, on the floor yeah, tonight. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm a Giants fan. It doesn't happen that often. Oh, sure, let's, sure. Don't get me started on Tommy DeVito. Oh, oh, Maron. Oh, man. So I see yeah, I don't, Philly, Philly's, what, 34 and 50? What are they here? What do we got? Oh, 15 wins, 10 draws, 9 losses. Fifty. So how are we looking for the playoffs? They in? Well, um, I don't know if you want to date what we're doing here, but actually last <laughs> night they or the night before they they lost their semifinal game, so oh, they're out now. Okay, so yeah. they made the playoffs, lost the made semifinals the last night. Okay, how's the future they're, looking? Got some nice young players you're excited about? Yeah, honestly, it's it's really cool. So Philly has this really uh, different thing from a lot of teams where they they really like focused on their youth academy for players. Hmm. So they're like pumping out these new these new players who are super young, like I'm 17, 18, 19 years old, and they're just like killing it. So we have a lot of really good older players, but also, yeah, there's some kids, there's like a kid like straight out of college, like Drexel, I think, and he's like on the team and he's, you know, he's killing it. Um, Yeah, it's, it's really cool in that way. So you get like these homegrown kids that are just coming up that were fans yeah. You know, and now they're like playing on the team. And you're such a fan that you're, you're like literally following the youth system and stuff. Yeah, you see who's coming up. You yeah, know, it's like, sure. uh, it's it's yeah, it's super exciting because they'll be they'll, you know, it's soccer's crazy too. Like they scout these kids at like yes, ten years old right. and they're playing, and you know they bring them into the academies and yeah, it's it's yeah, didn't really, they give really Bessie cool. like growth hormones and shit when he was like a little kid? I mean, sounds about right. Yeah, <laughs> I think they did. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I might have they to could tell, corroborate yeah. that so I don't get in trouble here, but um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that happens. I'm literally googling. Messy growth hormones, as we say that. <laughs> Lionel Messi and HGH, the truth about the best footballer. Yeah, yeah, there he had go. a growth hormone disorder. So he he took... Oh, wow. Yeah, I was right. He took he took HGH. There I'm you go. Pretty sure some Yankees uh, mm-hmm. uh, got suspended half a season for, you know? But, yeah, things are different in nah, other parts whatever. of the world, I think. Yeah. You know, <laughs> get the kid up to size. He's a great dribbler, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Come on. So I have to ask this anytime I speak to somebody from where you're from, from Scranton. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but the office is still a very regular part of my life. It's mm-hmm. on all the time. It's literally turned into like the ultimate like background thing for me. If I just need to like settle my mind down and relax. 
So I felt like I'm in this world, you know, so much, even still. Mm -hmm. And everybody I know from Scranton has like the obligatory office moment where you saw like Kevin Malone in a pizza place or something like that. Oh, dude. dude. What is your, give me, and if by, by what you said, this could be like a top three. What are like your office moments that, that you remember? Oh, dude. So, okay. I have one right off the bat because you mentioned Kevin. Um, I went to, I was probably 19, 20. So this was like whenever the hell I was that age, 2005, six. I, the <laughs> yeah. show was still on. Um, and I went to uh, a few of my friends. We went to go see the Counting Crows at <laughs> uh, Montage Mountain in Scranton. Wow. <laughs> and uh, the like guest MC or whatever you call them for the show was him, was Kevin. <laughs> so he was like, and then we went to a bar downtown in Scranton, best bar, the Bog. Shout out to the Bog in Scranton. Oh yeah, because um, Kevin plays drums on the show. Does he? Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's in, in the, the cover the band, yeah. Scrantonicity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so we went to this bar after the show, and he was there, and. Yes. Uh, I went up to him and I was like, Hey man, you're Kevin from the office. And he just looked at me and he goes, no, I'm not. Yeah. <laughs> and just laughed and like gave me a hug. And I was like, dude, that was so awesome. Um, so there was that. And then I have a really cool one. Yeah. So my uh, cousins in Scranton, they own a, a stone quarry. It's called Godino's West Mountain Stone Quarry. Oh it's up on this God. hill. And there's an episode of the office. You have where a cousin named Dino who owns a stone quarry. <laughs> yeah, go, come on! I don't know. Come with I the mean, fan yeah, right? fiction. This is that's <laughs> I know. good. That's good, right off. All right, it's really good. So yeah. there's an episode. I want to know more about. It. Can you get him on? Yeah, I want to talk to well, Dino. Well, <laughs> it's, so it's it's Godino. Like my last name is Godino's. Uh, okay, okay. Stone Court. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But his name might be Dino. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, Dino <arrive>. Godino. <laughs> yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Uh, but there's an episode of The Office where I think it's Jim or somebody and they're talking to him and they're like, oh, you, somebody bought a house in the, in the, in the episode. And they're like, oh, you, you bought your, the, the house, right? It's on, and somebody else says like, yeah, it's at the top of whatever street next to the stone court. <gasps> and no way. the, the street that they talk about is that, I mean, it, it, they're talking about that stone court. They don't name it, but it, it is that. So if you see that, that's uh, my family's. Stone Quarry. Oh, yeah. that's so cool. That's like two part <laughs> yeah. cool. A, the fact that like your family's Stone Quarry is in the office. Now I'm definitely yeah. going to look for it. And B, it's yeah. cool to know that like when they wrote the show, they were obviously like connected enough with the community that they're like driving around and knew that there was a mm -hmm. Stone Quarry. Like I like that it wasn't bullshit. That's kind of cool. Yeah, dude. I mean, so much of that show, um, you know, when they're in the break room and you see all the menus on the on the refrigerator and the bumper stickers and all that stuff, they're all real businesses, um, most of which are still around. Are there really two Alfredo's pizzas? So, no. Alfredo's is a place um, and it's great. Great food, great okay. pizza. But okay. that is, there's one. And I think for the show, they made it like this competing thing. But I only know of one Alfredo's in Scranton. Okay. Yet. If you're going home to Scranton and mm -hmm. you can have, like, give me breakfast, lunch, dinner. You're like, I'm back in Scranton. I got to hit these spots for these. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's good. So it's been a while since I've, since I've been back, to be honest. But I will say breakfast, there's, there's a couple, like, really small diners that would be really awesome. Um there's Glider Diner in Scranton, which uh -huh. is right near our old high school. Um, 
there was this place called Chick's Diner that I think is closed now. And both of those, or at least one, was probably mentioned in the show. Okay. Well, what do you what do you go for though? You like bacon and eggs or flapjacks? Standard fare? It is like a straightforward diner, like straightforward East Coast, okay. like greasy. Yeah. So like, yeah, two eggs, bacon, home fries, toast kind of Perfect. thing. Perfect. Yeah. Grand that slam. would be my go-to. Grand slam. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um, lunch, there is a spot that we always go to growing up and it's still there called Nikki's Hoagies. Mm. And that's like that place. And then there's another place called Catalano's Hoagies. And those are just like... Like, talk about nostalgia. Like, legit. Like, like, yeah, like, just the best. I mean, maybe, I don't know, it, it's probably pretty subjective because we grew up there, but sure. that's just the spot. You I'm know, sure those are the it's spots top class. What do you go there? Do you go cold? Do you go hot? Like, cold Italian hoagie. So you have, like, the yeah. ham, salami, cheese. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, just very straightforward, like sweet peppers have or something. Cola. Yeah. Something like yep, that. Yeah, exactly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All, all provolone, probably. A lot I'm of sure oil and there. vinegar. Yeah. Oil and vinegar. Sure. Yeah. All about that and the bread. Sure. It's like okay. where you really, yeah, yeah. All right. And then um, dinner, there's a spot that I know they mentioned in the show called Cooper's Seafood. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. That's a real place. It's it, going there growing up was really cool because the whole thing on the exterior is a big pirate ship. Yes. Okay. And, uh huh. And there's like a lighthouse and like pirates like all over it with like one leg and like a shark and like all this cool shit. Um, and that place is still open. And they actually have an office gift shop inside the okay. inside the uh, restaurant. Yeah, because that's where they all. go for like drinks sometimes and stuff, right? Like in the yep. show. Yep. Okay. So a little fresh, a little fresh catch at Cooper's. Oh my god, it's so good. It's it really is just such a good spot. What do you go for there? What's your meal? Uh, so you have to get the crab bisque soup mm, when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, incredible. And then I always go for like some kind of seafood pasta thing. Like uh, I love like a, uh-huh. like a spaghetti kind of linguine or something with like oil-based sauce that's all different kinds of seafood inside. A cl- oh, that. okay. Like a clam sauce kind of thing going on. It, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Crab, uh, clam yes. linguine or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, that, was, that sounds good. That was that was a lot easier to like call up than I thought it was going to be. I must. Oh, still, like, I mean, these are the old haunts, man. Like that's like yeah, that's yeah. deep in your heart. That food when you can connect oh it to God. like childhood, it's like some next level shit. You know, when I taste some of that yeah. that go home food, it it just it warms my heart. You know. Oh, dude! It, yeah, it it really it just brings you back, man. It's crazy. That's it. That's it. It was nice to catch up. This is. Dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Brad, isn't the new method of going off track the best? What's the new method? <laughs> just get like the raddest people just to catch oh, up. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no, it's, it always has the best conversations when you're not feeling pressured. And like, when do I get the chance to talk? Like, if I just called Joe and it was like, let's just chat for 80 minutes, there's a chance it'd get awkward at some point, you know? Where <laughs> <laughs> Joe would be like, listen, like, I want to go to the gym. It's, you know, <laughs> yeah. time, time's ticking away oh, yeah. here, you know? The, old, the, the yeah. fake ring in the background. Oh, yeah. oh it's my little line. Oh, yeah, it's back <laughs> home. I got to I gotta split. Yeah. I got to take this. Yeah. So I just want to go out to the desert with you and do some drugs and build stuff. Let's get Tom, oh my God. Let's get Tom in the horn and have some nice Anytime. Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Yeah, dude, let's anytime. You guys can go there and do your drum album. Listen, Grateful yes. Dead had two drummers. Hey, I'm just saying, if, if the Menzos really go on this kick, yeah, just yeah. fuck it. <laughs> I'm talking about you two 
making your drum album. Oh, who wants to hear? We need some. <laughs> no, we need some singers. We need some. Just because <laughs> Joe can hit some highs now doesn't mean we can we can cover all that. You know. Yeah, it's only going to get us so far. Yeah, honestly. yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> the mushrooms will take you the rest of the way. And you know, Blind Benny doesn't yep. come out too much anymore these days. Yeah, Blind Benny. <laughs> Blind Benny, is, he's he's a sultry, sultry man. But but we got to keep him in the box because when Blind Benny comes out, there's about four days of of uh, things I got to pay for after Blind Benny comes out. So yeah, let's save it. Let's save it for the desert. Yeah, that sounds save great. it for the desert. That's it. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Oh, well, well. Brad. That was a good program. Nice program. Nice, nice guy. Program. Great conversation. <laughs> Do you think if you were out at the desert studio, say like, you know, in a certain time of your life, you think you would have, what what journey would you have went on? Would you have been able to keep it together or you would have been too irresponsible? At a certain time of my life, I would have gone on all the journeys. Too many journeys. Would you have been to Mexico like after like two days? Yeah. <laughs> Had one too many and jumped the, jumped the wall? So, you know, when the Goops made their record for Warner Brothers, we were still real a real party band. And we knew that, and we lived in New York and we had to get out of New York. So we went, we went upstate to, well, we essentially went to Woodstock, but it was uh, Dreamland, which is an awesome studio. Oh it's yeah, just uh-huh. south of Woodstock. Um, so we kind of had that, and we did have a few nights of um, revelry. <laughs> I, ce- I I celebrated a birthday up there. That okay? What came year? Back came back with the minivan covered in in someone else's vomit, not mine. Oh. So what, there was what year birthday was that? It was my, oh, I'm not going to say. I'm not going to date it. Oh, you know, <laughs> this is why I make fun of how old you are, because you play these <laughs> games. This is why when I imagine you in high school, I just go straight to like dazed and confused. You know, <laughs> I know that I know that wasn't you. You're probably uh, closer to what? Like when does, um, that, when does that take place? Dazed and confused is the 70s. You're probably more, what's the Judge Reinhold, Cameron Crowe one? You're probably more that. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, uh, yeah, was that more your high school experience? I could definitely experience? relate to that for sure. Yeah, that one was you. <laughs> Who were you in that movie? Were you I the... was Brad. Wasn't that the guy's name? It <laughs> wasn't was Brad. Like, you were not that innocent guy. You were the. You were Damone. You were selling cheap trick tickets. You were like, daddy's uh, all right. Mommy's yeah, you were that guy. <laughs> oh wait, that guy has sex with an underage girl in that movie. So yeah, that guy's. I retract. Guy. You're you're Brad. You're nice, Brad. Wait, he <laughs> also does. Oh Jesus. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, moving on. New Menzingers records, nice. Yes, good definitely. album. 
I liked your take on it. That was interesting. Thank you. you. Kind Thank of you. analyzed what was going on. Um, yeah, um, that was that was kind of astute, wasn't it? Yeah. I yeah. want to commend myself on one other thing. I forgot to talk about it in the interview when we went to the Italian thing. But I get, you know, basically I find out, I'm not going to tell you how, that the middle initial for, for Joe, and then I guess his name. I don't know. For permanent record's sake, I'm not going to say it because I don't know. I don't know. People are fucking weird. Right. And I guess his name. And he's like, you know, got to admit that was pretty impressive. And I told him, I'm like, listen, anybody who's a native of central New Jersey is an honorary Italian. You know, (laughs) I know some things. I know some things. And you're not the first one of these I've met. Let's just say that, you know. So. So I got, I, I got, I think I got some brownie points. Maybe not enough to get my uh, dual citizenship, but I this this episode kind of reminded me of something that I was recently thinking of. I was reading a ridiculous article about. I mean, it wasn't ridiculous. It was an informative article about pet psychics, or which mm-hmm. are kind of like they're more like pet psychiatrists, but they can like diagnose stuff and really, and they get paid a ton of money, and. I have always kind of thought, and this really drove it home, that like if you ever took the time to get your degree, you could definitely be like the musician's shrink. Like you de- you're very intuitive with, with, and obviously you've been there, but you're very intuitive with what is affecting people. And uh, I think you'd make a great shrink for, for, uh, wow, for musicians. Thanks, Brad. <laughs> On the couch with Jeez. Benny. <laughs> I mean, listen, I mean, well, we got to throw away one thing first because I've, I've danced with this idea and, and I don't think it could ever happen. It's like the whole like going back to get a degree thing is like, yeah, it's not <laughs> happening. So anybody who <laughs> will choose me as their psychiatrist should know off bat that there's going to be no frame shit on the wall besides for... <laughs> You know, whatever I have now, you know, my kids' pictures. Oh, dude, know. my brother-in-law is going to this, like, this, I don't know what he is. He's a freaking physical therapist who has no degrees at all, who's, like, the 49ers, like, main guy who is the most desirable guy in California to fix, who's, like, completely, like, worked magic on him. And the guy has no, he has no, they call him the doctor, but he has no doctor's degrees. He has no degrees yeah, at all. See, oh, so you're saying there's a chance. Yeah. I'm saying you can listen. Do it. You know how much people are worth, right? Yeah. You're worth how much people are willing to pay, baby. Yeah. <laughs> right? Exactly. So if this, if this insight is that astute, oh, Brad, you're stroking me too much here. I'm going to, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go into like some conversation with my wife soon, like just feeling a little too flighty from this conversation. She's gonna be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" I, you know? I uh, <laughs> don't go too soft on me. I did lump you in with the pets, pet psychic. So that's okay. Pets are complex. <laughs> uh, well, that's an appropriate off-track ending. Socials um, for Joe or what? Just, just Joe, Joe on Instagram at Instagram and the Menzingers everywhere else. Um, and yeah, if you're in the Scranton out- area, check out Dino's Stone Quarry. <laughs> Yeah. If you need some stone. And go to all those restaurants. Yeah, that was nice. Oh, it kind of made me hungry, actually. I, think about I kind of want to check one of those out. Yeah, nice Italian sandwich right now. Yeah. You know what I go for? I go for fresh mozzarella, roasted red peppers, you know, a little oil and that nice bread. Mm. Come on. 
Yeah. All right. See you, Brad. Benny, it's been real. Love you. Have a great time. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs>